Welcome to the Adaptable Podcast. We're your hosts, Morgan, Anna, Claire, a group of physical therapists and student physical therapists who are dedicated to building a community and breaking down barriers for individuals with disabilities and chronic illnesses who are or want to become a part of our profession. Join us as we embark on this journey and get to know some incredible individuals along the way. Welcome back to another episode of Adaptable. Today we're going to be getting to know one of our three hosts, Claire. Welcome, Claire. Thanks. I'm super excited to share my story and chat with you guys. So why don't you tell us a little bit about where you are in your PT adventure? So I actually just graduated uh, in May which was very interesting during COVID. I graduated in May and now I'm working at two outpatient clinics in Northwest Arkansas. Work at one Monday, Wednesday, Friday and the other one on Tuesday, Thursday and we're just making it work. (laughs) Uh, Very nice. Two jobs seems like a lot to juggle, but you've got it. Uh, So what got you interested in PT in the first place? So I kind of got interested in PT a little bit of a roundabout way. So I was born with a physical disability that on my right arm, my elbow is fused and I have what is considered a claw hand at the end. And then my right leg is shorter than my left leg and my hip is less stable on that side. And so I was in and out of PT growing up. Uh, which kind of piqued my interest, but then I also rode horses growing up, and I went to go talk with my docs one time, and they said, you know, you've got really great range of motion, the stability in your hip is improving, and while what we're doing has obviously played a big role in that, we also think it is coming from you riding horses, and I was just like, huh, that's, that's kind of interesting, Uh, And I was talking with my horseback riding teacher later after that, and I shared what the docs had said. And she said, well, you know, like, there's actually a branch of physical therapy and occupational therapy and even speech therapy where they put the patient on horseback and they use that rhythmic movement of the horse to bring about functional outcomes in the patients. And I was like, no way. And so I kind of started exploring that. It's called hippotherapy. And so I kind of started exploring that. And when I went to go tour the school that I wanted to go to, which was Arkansas State, they actually had a hippotherapy program there. And so that was kind of how I rolled into the field of PT. That's uh, pretty interesting. Um, So you went through that as a child that got you interested into PT how about applying to PT school what was that experience like and did your physical disability have any effect on it yeah that's a really good question so it actually really didn't play a huge role um it wasn't really a big obstacle for me personally but I think part of that was just the school that I went to seemed very open. 
So when I applied, I went through, did PT CAS. Um, there were never any questions about like, do you have any physical disabilities or anything like that? And so I didn't even really think about it. Uh, applied, got in, and then they had me sign this form, which was like, I can't even think of the term. Uh, it's like your technical, the technical requirements. Technical standards. Yeah, technical standards. I was like, I can't even think of the word right now. And I looked at it and I started reading it and I'm like, huh, I think I can do all of this, but I'm just going to go talk with one of the professors and see what their thoughts are. And so I showed up one day at the PT building and was like, okay, what do you think? And the professor that I ended up talking to, she kind of looked at me and she was like, kind of gave me a once over. And she's like, I think you'll be fine. Just go ahead and sign it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and that was really the only instance in terms of the application process where I questioned if my physical disability would get in the way. So really wasn't a big deal with the application process. How about as you moved into PT school, like, what was that like? Yeah, got a little bit harder once I got into my first semester. <laughs> I got into school, didn't really think a whole lot of it, but then I started getting into my classes, especially my labs, and I started running into things that I was like, I can't quite do this, how they're telling me I need to be able to do this. Um, and I would get really frustrated with it. Like we had a professor who always liked to give us like a little glimpse as to where we were headed. And so within a couple of weeks of class, he was having us do joint mobs in one of our clinical classes. And we were doing it not on like a bigger part of the body. We were doing it on the fingers and I couldn't figure out how to like support as well as mobe without it being uncomfortable because like my right hand can kind of be really bony and kind of poke into you. And so I had to mess around with it and I just couldn't figure out how to do it and do it without it being uncomfortable for the, for the patient. And then we started getting into more things and I was like, oh, this is frustrating. And I really started to question, like, am I going to be able to provide the same level of care to my patients as somebody who doesn't have a physical disability? Because uh, I didn't want to get out in the field and not be able to provide the same level of care. And I didn't really say anything. And then I'm pretty sure it was one of my friends actually ended up bringing it up to a professor just in conversation. And those professors started to reach out to me and they were like, look, we've kind of heard you've been struggling a little bit, you know, let's have a chat. And so we just kind of started talking about it. And I had one of the professors, uh, the professor who taught that clinical class where we were doing the joint moves. He said, look, he's like, we're going to create you a support group. And so he found two of the third year students, uh, a couple of the professors, and he said, these are your people. So any time that you have something in lab that you can't figure out how to do it or you're struggling to get the technique down because you have to find a different way to do it 
find one of these people, they will practice with you, they will give you feedback, and they will help you brainstorm. And after that, things got a lot easier because I had my people that I could go to to think things through with. So it was, it got better as I went further into school. That, that idea of a think tank type mm -hmm. thing is really cool to me and not necessarily something that I've heard of or seen before. So that's a really awesome thing that your school was able to do for you. Yeah, it was super helpful. Uh, and I still keep in touch with a lot of the, like the third year students that helped me with that. So, and they'll ask me sometimes, they're like, hey, you know, have you been able to do any of this with the patient in the clinic now? And I'm like, yeah, I have. So it's been really cool. So as you moved forward, how were clinicals and now that you're out in the real world on your own, uh, what are your experiences like? Yeah. Uh, well, clinicals actually, they surprised me. I kind of figured that would be one of the places that I would really experience more resistance. I'm not sure why, but I never had an issue with it, even with patients. I didn't necessarily purposely not say anything, but most of my CIs didn't know in advance uh, that I, I was any different than anybody else. And most of them didn't even seem to give it a second thought. I'm sure they probably did at one point, but like they never showed it if they did. And they were always just really willing to look at things and go, hmm, okay, how can we do this differently? Uh, I had one CI, especially I was working in an inpatient. You know, inpatient, you're doing transfers all the time. Some of them dependent transfers or at least max assists. So you're trying to figure out how to do that. And I was like, I don't have two hands to hold on to you with. So we're going to have to find a different way to do it. And she and I brainstormed, I mean, multiple different times, you know, over lunch breaks or like at the end of the day. And we came up with different ways for me to approach it. And by the end of it, I was very comfortable with doing transfers with just about anybody. But within that, I also learned like, what are my limits? Because I mean, I do, I have, I have limits where I'm like, okay, I could probably figure out how to do this on my own, but for the benefit of the patient, for the safety of the patient, I know that in this situation, I probably should just ask for somebody to help, whether that's a PTA or a tech or another PT who's in the area. In that specific outpatient clinic or inpatient clinic, we had, you know, OTs who were available who could help too. So, and a lot of times if it was a higher level patient, I would just, you know, do a co-treatment with the OT. And then I always knew that I had somebody with me if I needed that. And in terms of patients, patients really never questioned it either. I had a couple that, you know, would kind of look me over, but it was really more the fact that I was a girl and I'm I'm not short, but I'm not tall either by any stretch of the imagination. And so they were looking at me more for my size, not so much the hand or the leg. But that, it really just never was a big issue. I think I probably doubted myself more in those situations than any CI or patient ever did in the clinic. 
So when you do have those moments of self-doubt, what do you do or like, how do you approach that? So that's a tough question. (laughs) Pulling out the tough ones. I think, especially now that I'm in the clinic as a PT, no longer a student, I think I just have to look at it and just remind myself of all of the stuff that I've already accomplished. And so even when I hit those moments where I'm like, I'm not 100% sure how to do that. You know, I go with what I know. Um, I go with what I've been taught and I just go remind myself, you know, you've done this before. You know, you don't have to have that CI right over you because you know how to do it. And even if you get in a situation where you're like, okay, I've never done this before and I have no idea how to approach this, you know, that it's okay to step back and be like, okay, we're going to try this for now. And then I'm going to put in the extra work afterwards to come up with a better way to do it. You know, because it's like, the thing about being a new grad is you're really not done with school. Um, I still in the evenings come home after a full day at the clinic and go, okay, I struggled with this today in finding the best way to do this. So I'm going to go practice it or I'm going to go do some research on it and see if I can brainstorm a way through it. And I still, you know, lean on those people who have been with me on this whole journey and I'll text them or email them or give them a call and be like, I'm on the struggle bus with this. You know, my think tank people, I can still text them and go, what do you think about this? And we'll think through it. So a lot of it is just also remembering that it's okay to ask for help. um, Whether that's just a brainstorming buddy or, you know, whatever. Definitely. So where do you see yourself going from here? What is your dream in PT or what setting do you hope to end up in? That's, it's changed a lot, even in the past year. I would say if I could have my ultimate dream, it would be to have a clinic that I worked in or even one that I start on my own that incorporates that hippotherapy, working with the horses. One of my favorite clinical rotations was actually at the Veterans Hospital here. And one of the big areas that there's a lot of research in with hippotherapy is working with the veterans on horseback. They love to it's not just the physical benefits, but also like just the mental and the emotional benefit of working with the animal. And so I've always kind of wondered if maybe I could find a way to bring that hippotherapy program to our veterans here in Arkansas. I also really enjoyed doing the hippotherapy program at Arkansas State where we got to work with veterans through the Beck Pride Center at Arkansas State. So. That's kind of like, just kind of thoughts and, and semi sort of dreams. And then just now kind of getting involved with this podcast, that's definitely added a new twist. 
um, to where I thought I would be. So getting to have conversations with different PTs, different student physical therapists about, you know, just navigating all of this with whatever it is that you're, you know, dealing with, whether that's a physical disability or, you know, a learning disability or a chronic illness, you know, getting to explore that with different people and share our stories is definitely added a new twist to my PT world. I think it's added a new twist for all of us uh, that we didn't necessarily see ourselves here. I know a month ago I never would have said that I was doing this, but here we are. Morgan, do you have any other burning questions for Claire right now? Do you have any advice for anyone that's kind of going through a similar thing? You know, maybe not the same thing, but a similar situation to you. And just if you could put yourself back in like your pre-PT or even in your PT school shoes, like what, what would be the thing that you would say? I would say your, the biggest thing that you have going for you is your communication. Um, one of the mistakes that I think I made in that first semester was not communicating that I was struggling. It helped that I had communicated on the front end. You know, I got to know some of the professors in our department years even beforehand. Um, and that I think really helped me. It was a blessing in disguise. But once I got into school, I needed to be more open with that fact that I was struggling and having difficulties. So I would say just be open and be willing to accept help. Create that think tank, create that support system even if you don't have, you know, necessarily the same support from your faculty that I did, I would hope that you do. But if you don't, you know, you can create that think tank yourself. You don't have to have a professor help you set it up. You know, find some of the third year students or the second years. See if some of them would be willing to think outside the box. Even finding your PT mentors. Most of us have somebody in the field that we knew prior to even going into PT school. So, you know, see if those people would be willing to help you out to think through things. And if you're a student who has somebody in your class who has, you know, a physical disability or learning disability or whatever, you know, be willing to think outside the box with them. Um, don't necessarily treat them any differently because they're not any different than you, but just be willing to be there, be a support for them. So that would, I think, would sum up kind of the advice I would have looking back. Very good advice that I think, uh, even if we've heard it a thousand times, uh, it's always good to hear it <laughs> another time just to re-ingrain it into our brains that we're not alone. Yes. yes, you're never alone. Well, I was super excited to have this conversation with you guys today, and I'm excited 
to hear all of your stories. We're going to move forward as we move forward with this podcast. We're each going to share our stories and then we are going to be being forward to being able to share conversations with more of our listeners. So if you have a story that you would like to share with us, we would love to have a conversation and you can email us at the adaptable adaptable at gmail.com. We'll drop it. We'll make sure it's in the show notes for everybody. And then our Instagram is that's also the adaptable podcast. So you can contact us there as well. And we're excited to start the conversations rolling. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the adaptable podcast. If you like today's episode and want to learn more or be a part of the conversation, you can check us out on our Instagram or Facebook group linked in the description below. You can also contact us via email at theadaptablepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to chat with you. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to hanging out with you next week.